Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. No, there was a certain rich man. Jesus said so. There was a certain beggar. Jesus said so. Now I want you to notice this. That out there, after the, the rich man died, the, the beggar died, the angels carried him away. They didn't carry his body away. His body's not him. Body's the house he lived in. Angels are spirits. Men carried his body away and buried it, but angels carried him away. Hallelujah. Him. Him. The real man. Angels carried him away. Can you say amen? Angels carried him away. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the classic series, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. So many times we have confused spirit and soul as though they were the same, but they're not the same. Because Hebrews 4.12, one verse that we looked at, you remember, declared that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So if they could be divided, they're not one. Our trouble has been that we've been more soul conscious than spirit conscious. And the, the church is not to blame for that because the ministry have left that impression that they're the same because we'll refer to this part of man. We'll call him soul one time, we'll call him spirit another time. I've been guilty of that in years gone by myself till I learned the difference. Well, naturally, you'll never be able to separate them as long as your thinking is that they are the same, but they could not be the same. You see, with my spirit, I contact the spirit world, not with my soul. With my body, I contact the physical world. With my soul, I contact the intellectual world or realm. And so therefore, man is a spirit being. He has a soul, or we possess a soul. We possess intellect and also possess emotions. Now, here's one thing that has aided false cults and teachers by the church not making clear the fact that we are spirit beings, but calling us a soul. We talk about the salvation of the soul, and uh, we talk about so many souls were saved, you know, if people were born again. Now, you'll not find this in the King James translation, but in, in the Greek, the, or the Hebrew, the Old Testament, speaks about, and I was reading recently after, I said recently, I mean the last number of years, when I say recently, sometimes I'm referring to 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, with you, now that may not be that way, you see. But uh, anyway, uh, some people who do not believe that man really is a spirit being. When you're dead, you're dead like a dog, you see. See, the part that differentiates us from animals is our spirit. God is a spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul. And so they pointed out in the Hebrew Bible, the original scriptures, that the Bible speaks of the souls of animals. 
And they poked fun at those who believed, you see, that the soul never died. And, and you know, we're talking about in a land where a soul never died and so on and so forth. They said, well, uh, the soul of animal does. So man, when he's dead, is dead like an animal. Because, you see, but, you see, the soul quality of an animal, because an animal does have a certain amount of intellect. And an animal does have emotion. You see that with uh, mother cats or dogs or even other animals. And you'll see that their soul qualities, however, are based entirely on the physical. And when the physical dies, then their soul's dead. That's gone. But our soul qualities are based on the spiritual, not the physical. And when our body dies, our spirit and soul live on. Because our soul qualities are based upon the spiritual and not just on the physical. Now that's easily proven by the scriptures. For instance, the 16th chapter of Luke's gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ himself told us a story in the most minute detail. Beginning with the 19th verse, saying, There was a certain rich man clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from his table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and the beggar died, and the angels carried him away to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, how mercy are me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in these flames and Abraham said son remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil and now he is comforted and thou art tormented besides this is a great guff fixed between you and us so that they that would come from hence to thence cannot neither can they come from hence to thence and then he said I pray thee father Abraham that you'd send Lazarus back to the earth that he had five brothers that he was concerned about, see, that they might not come to this place of torment. Now, first of all, there are those who are, who are ignorant concerning the Bible that said that's a parable. Well, for somebody that thinks they're intelligent to tell me that's a parable, I've considered immediately that they insulted my intelligence. For somebody to tell me that's a parable... They've insulted me. I, I'd rather they'd spit in the face because I'm not that stupid. It couldn't be a parable. Nobody but some ignoramus would think so. It couldn't be a parable. For a man to say it's parable is either dishonest or ignorant. I think a lot of these folks are dishonest. Because in a parable, every parable Jesus gave, you can read it for yourself, he said, so-and-so is like unto so-and-so. Here he didn't say anything's like and unto anything. In the parable, you could not use the word certain in a parable. I don't believe Jesus is an ignoramus. Nobody but an ignoramus would use the word certain in a parable because it couldn't go in there. The word certain means, look it up in the dictionary, means for sure. The word certain means it's this way and no other way. Well, when Jesus said there was a certain rich man, he said, I'll tell you for sure, it's this way and no other way. Then for some little old ding-dong or ding-bat that's about a half inch in air between his ears and if all of his brains went off at once and it was dynamite, it wouldn't be enough to blow his nose. <laughs> Tells me that that's just a parable. I can't accept it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that stupid. No, there was a certain rich man. Jesus said so. 
there was a certain beggar. Jesus said so. Now I want you to notice this. That out there, after the, the rich man died, the, the beggar died, the angels carried him away. They didn't carry his body away. His body's not him. Body's the house he lived in. Angels are spirits. Men carried his body away and buried it, but angels carried him away. Hallelujah. Him. Him. The real man. Angels carried him away. Can you say amen? Amen. Angels carried him away. The rich man died and was buried. His body was buried. But in hell he lifted up his eyes. And he saw Abraham before off. You see, before Jesus died and rose from the dead, Hades was divided in two compartments. One side was where the spirits of the unjust and the unholy and the unsaved went. The other side was where those of God's people went. It was called Abraham's bosom. Now that's been emptied. You see, the fourth chapter of Ephesians said that when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captives. He took those out of there and took them up with him to heaven. Blessed be God, that's the cloud that received him out of sight when he went up to heaven, and they're up there in heaven now. And so therefore, when we on the New Testament church die, blessed be God, as Paul said, we depart to be with Christ, which is far better. But here's what I wanted to get to you. He said, son, remember, the rich man's mind was still intact. His emotions were still intact. He was concerned about his brothers on this earth, lest they come to that place of torment. Send Lazarus back to the earth so that he can witness to them. So my five brothers would not come here, you see. And so you see, your soul's not going to die and your spirit's not going to die. In other words, a good way to say it is that you are a spirit being. I am a spirit being. I possess a soul. Hallelujah. Well, God doesn't lead me through my soul, though. He leads me through my spirit. By his spirit, through my spirit. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God's spirit, his spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, we've been discussing at some length this fact that the number one way that God leads us as his children is by the inward witness. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Or sometimes we call it an intuition or inner guidance. Sometimes we we just simply don't know but we just know on the inside of us. That's an inward witness. You see, friends, we need to realize this, that our spirits have been born again, that our spirits, the Christian spirit, has the life and the nature of God in it, is born of God's spirit, and has the spirit of God in him. He can be filled with that spirit that he already has in him. And when he's filled with that spirit, praise God, there'll be an overflow and he'll speak with other tongues as the spirit gives him utterance. But even just the born again one, not having been filled with the spirit, but the born again one has the spirit abiding in him. You remember Jesus said in John 14, 23, and this pick up back here somewhere where we were and then we'll go on beyond that. If a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. 1 Corinthians three sixteen, Paul said, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. 
Second Corinthians 6.16, Paul said, Ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, I'll walk in them, I'll be their God, they'll be my people. You can see from these scriptures then that God the Father and the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the person of the Holy Spirit, indwells us. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life. So visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's special offer. The first item in this offer is Kenneth E. Hagan's six-CD series entitled How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, Volume 1, and the newest book from Ken Hagan, Expect. These two great resources are $25. That's 50% off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rhema for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Can you believe that it is just two weeks away from Winter Bible Seminar? No, I can't. Wow. On this campus, February the 19th through the 24th, here on the Rayma campus, we have morning services and evening services. Well, we start, actually, we, they have 8.30 mm-hmm. to 9.30, 9.30 to 10.30, and then you speak at the 10.30 service. Yeah. And then we're off in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then at 7 p.m., I will speak. And uh, except for on Sunday, February the 19th, we have the one service and it starts at 6 p.m. Yes. In the evening. Yes. So, hey, make plans to come and be here with us. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, how you can be led by the Spirit of God. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.